Hi friends and awesome mothers. My name is Adol and I'm a proud mother of four. What I'm realizing over time is that doing it right as a mother is the thing that I care about the most, but also hands me the greatest of challenges. In order to get direction, I put together a habura of mothers that joined to learn through my mother's super popular parenting curriculum. My mother is Mrs. Gitty Horowitz, and she's taught hundreds of mothers in Baltimore in recent years. I get to sit down with her every week and either reflect on a topic that we discussed in the group or talk over something that's on my mind. I hope you'll find our conversation meaningful, helpful, and encouraging. Enjoy it. This podcast is sponsored by the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. Check them out at intentionaljew.com. We have a very exciting conversation today because we have our special guest, Sarah Grossman. We have also a very exciting topic to talk about, a topic that was on my mind for a long time because... A lot of friends have asked about this. Um, some of our listeners also um, um, asked that we talk about this. And it's just something that I'm constantly hearing from um, mothers, parents of all different backgrounds. And that is the topic of the Shabbos table. Keeping our kids engaged at the Shabbos table. It's like you hear this all the time. My kids have no interest in in our Shabbos table. We try so hard, this and the other. A friend of mine said, we want to have you guys for Shabbos, but first we have to get it straight. We we can't pull it together. The kids are totally not interested. They, you know, they eat a little bit, they're on the couch. And um, I thought that this would be fun to do all together because we could talk about things that we did when we were growing up. And then maybe if we have ideas or suggestions to... Um, of things that we've figured out that work for us that we could, um, you know, help other people. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the thought for today. So I guess we could start with just basic. Um, Sorry, you have your kids range baby to 12. So we don't have teenagers really yet. So let's start with younger kids, you know, up till age 12, let's say, how do we keep them engaged at the Shabbos meal? So what do you do, Sarah? We don't do anything so dramatic or so different. We do like, I think that the zeros, the songs and the, like the Parsha really lends itself to a very nice like structure for the Shabbos table. Like Zmiros, the singing is a lot of fun. I think my kids right now are not at the stage where they know the words or they really can sing you know, they can if they want to, but they're not always interested. So sometimes like um, when we start a, a, a song, a, a Zemer, then sometimes the kids will, you know, get to your eye, will tell them, okay, you sing this part of the Zemer. Like it's, it's no, um, I'm totally, it's not even a Zemer, but Shabbos Kodesh. Um, so they sing part of it and then Yitzhi will, or, and Yitzhi and I will sing part of it. So like, it's fun for them. They do some, and we do some. Zmiros could be fun if they're really maximized. And the Parsha also, if like there's Parsha questions or if they can ask the parents the Parsha questions, sometimes you could switch it up. You don't ask the kids, the kids ask the parents. There's just the, the, the actual, I find that why reinvent the wheel? You know, like it's, there's so much nice um, structure to the table without adding in candy and all this other stuff that people like to spice up their table with. 
So do, it work, does it work for you? Like, do your kids, do your kids like the Shabbos meal? I think they do. I, I like to think they do. <laughs> well, do they stay at the table? So they stay at the table. So that's, that's the biggest, the biggest sign that they're enjoying. You know, we have delicious Shabbos foods. They can help prepare. Um, we learned this at home. You know, we learned this at the Horowitz 3910. We learned this that, you know, you prepare food, you enjoy it. If the kids make it, then they feel like they're part of it. Right. So I, I just will jump in here for a second. And I, I think that you were talking about the meal itself, which is very, very important. And um, this is me, Rose, and the, the, um, the Divrei Torah, the parasha. That's all very, very important. But I think that your kids, from what I've seen from your house, are very involved in the table because they set the table. Your table is set Friday night. It's Thursday night, um, which I'm sure you're not going to you're not going to say here, but I will. Um, when you go into the Grossman house on Thursday night, the Shabbos table is set. So it, it already sends a message to the children about how important Shabbos Shabbos is and um, that, that the table's already set and everyone's getting excited for it. And then everyone has a job, whether it's actually cooking like the older girls do. They actually cook their own own um, dishes or they, you know, prepare a salad or then they're and so they're, they're helping with the preparation. They're helping serve. They're part of it. They're very, very much a part of it from the beginning. It's very difficult to bring kids into to being part of things. Bishas Misa, okay, during the meal, okay, now become part of it. Well, I wasn't part of it the whole time. I'm really not interested. So whether it's planning the menu, um, doing the shopping, um, making the meal, making the dishes, um, serving the food. These are all things that get kids excited about the Shabbos table. So I, I just wanted to jump in there because you you kind of went to um, the Zmiros and the and the, um, the the parasha, but that's really I, almost icing on the cake. I mean, they've been involved already since Thursday um, preparing for Shabbos and the house is being prepared for Shabbos. And so um, that that enables a child to feel, to feel very much part of things. Right. I love that point. If they're, if they're involved, it's not, it's not pretend it's like coming from inside. It comes from like from the start. So I, that's a great point. Um, and I'll add also, okay. So a little bit of a different point. Um, we're, we're like, I guess, I don't know, two years into this where the Shabbos meal with the family is like a thing for, you know, living in Israel, you're you're often hosting. So especially when your kids are little, you're hosting a lot and you move into now we're our own family and the kids are old enough that they're, they're not just, they're not just, um, the, you know, when they're younger, they're often sleeping or they're, they're just not, it's not, it's the, the meal's not geared towards them, towards very little children. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad, but that was just our reality. And now we're moving into the meal is geared towards the kids. It's about our family. It's about connecting. So I think it's first good that we think about what we're trying to do. What is our Shabbos meal doing? What, what are we doing at this time? What's our goal? Um, cause I think sometimes it's possible that someone will have this like expectation in their heads of what they want it to look like. And then they, like what you were saying, Ima, then everyone plops down at the Shabbos table and they just can't, 
it's not looking like they want it to look like. So I think it's good to establish what the goal is. So I don't know what your goal is, Sarah, but maybe I'll, I'll tell you, I think our goal is positivity, that Shabbos is fun, Shabbos is goodness, Shabbos is happy. That's number one, positivity. A second goal is connect, connection, that this is a time we bond together um, as a family. And the third thing for right now, let's say positivity and connection. So positivity will come out, like you were saying, in singing, like having your songs and, and yummy food, you know, that the kids like. It's like the special for us, it's squash pie. I, can I, can I just add something? Um, just to jump in, I think that it was good. You differentiated between the ages because I'm seeing now, yeah, that's the things that we focused on. Also, we still focus on that too, but now, now we're into like, let's impart information or let's not necessarily impart information, but like, let's teach. This is such an opportune time to teach how um, Torah and mitzvot and love of, of, of Torah is made like great. Like this is a great time for that um, with Parsha and, you know, a beautiful Godel story or something, um, or just a small, nice thought on the Parsha, but it's like, maybe they're a little bit old enough now to, um, appreciate that when they get to be, you know, 12 and Shalva's now loving that she can relate to the Parsha, to the story or to a nice thought on Torah. Right. You know, she could connect to that a little bit. So I, it's just like a nice time. And oh, when you were saying also with the guests, so like maybe it's a good time not to have guests, like for one of the meals or like we, we did in the house. We, uh, um, Safta, um, Imanaba usually had company for one out of the two meals. So because otherwise the kids can't feel... T- or we can't expect them to feel comfortable sharing and enjoying to the, to the utmost that they can. Right. To that. That's funny. I also wanted to talk about that. I also want to talk about guests because we had a funny, we had a funny transition, the Corona years where we live in, in Modian, it was like the Sagar, the, the lockdowns were kept in a very strict, the, the, the standard was kept very strictly in our area. So we didn't have guests for about two years, maybe a year and a half, but that, that year and a half was really a transition year. It was like our oldest was like seven and the second was like four-ish and they're becoming older. And then we were becoming more of that family that I was describing for from like little kids to big kids or more like from toddlers to little kids. But um, either way, we had a funny experience because we spent almost two years having Shabbos just us and we really became a family through it. We had so much bonding time. We had time to like come up with like what our family does. This is what we sing. This is what we eat. And it was like really nice. It was like a very beautiful outcome of the Corona years, which I would like to say in the past tense, but who knows? Um, and um but but then a funny thing happened because after that we're like oh now it's time to have guests again and we we're trying to figure out how to do it because it was like our we were focused so much on the kids how do you how do you like share it because then the guests come and we want to focus on the guests because like isn't that what you do so you're saying one meal one meal 
but what about that one meal that they're there? Then how do you like, what do you, what do you do? Okay. I, I was, yeah, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna jump in a little bit. Yeah. Um, I I'm so, I'm so, um, fascinated, um, listening to both of you and listening to how, what we did in our house while you were growing up affected you and how you relating to it now as, as mothers yourselves. Um, you're right. We, we, um, consciously only had guests for one meal. Um, it was particularly when I started um, with more of a job outside of the house. And one of the things the rub said to me was one meal every Shabbos has to be just for your family. And we kept it very, very, very carefully. And this is going back already um, about 24 years, like when we that we only had one. Even before that, we had, we had uh, guests, usually one meal, sometimes both, sometimes for a whole Shabbos, but rarely. Um, but then we really took it on very strongly that we only had guests one meal. But Adel, even when you have guests, you're still, the focus is the children. The focus is not the guests. It's important for the guests to see that. And it's important, important for your children to see that. They tell the, they tell the story of Rebuven Feinstein. Um, they once asked him, you know, your father is, Moshe Zatzal was everyone's. He was the Gadol Hadar. He was everyone's Gadol Hadar. He was, every, he was the person that everyone went to, the Gadol that everyone went to. He said, like, how do you feel special? How do you feel that, you know, your needs are being met? And he said, if I'm quoting it correctly, he said he had his seat at the table next to his father. And no matter who was the guest, that was his seat. He was never moved from his seat. And that sent a very strong message to him that, yes, I share my father with the whole world. But at my Shabbos table, I'm sitting at his side. And that is something that a child feels very strongly. Um, so we can, our children are our focus, even as, um, even as we have guests at the table. Um, I also just want to point out, Adel said, positivity um, and family. So um, as, you all, as you know, um, my father passed away this past Pesach. And um, Zadie was a very strong presence at the Shabbos table. And one of the things that kept coming up during Shiva and even afterwards as I speak to my siblings is that what bonded us? I mean, we were very, very clear that we all wanted to sit Shiva together. We didn't want to sit separately and we are very, very close. And it kept coming up. What bonded us that we are so close? Because we are very different. Um, and it always kept coming back, the Shabbos table, the Shabbos table. And so many people that came to be Menachem Abel were guests at our Shabbos table. And they would talk about how the conversation and uh, the, the fun, even though Zadie was not a fun person, but his, the conversation was intriguing and it was interesting and it was intellectually stimulating and it was, it was exciting. So some people will call that fun. We had fun at the Shabbos table, um, even though it was, would not be considered fun for most kids, um, you know, uh, objectively speaking. Um, but the Shabbos table is something that, that connects you as a family and the Zemiros that we sang and the, 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 the topics that we talked about and the history that we heard about our families from both sides um, connected us very, very, very much. So family, it's, it's, it's huge, especially nowadays where there's so little time during the week to spend time together. And so few families are eating supper together, even though that is such an important concept. And we've never really spoken about it. I don't think on these um, podcasts, but 
eating together is a very, very intimate thing. It bonds people together and it bonds families. So it is very, very, very important. The Shabbos table is very, very important. The other thing is the positivity that you mentioned. The Shabbos table has to be positive. And unfortunately, sometimes when we pull out those partial sheets and we have all those questions and maybe the kids aren't so good at them and don't know them so well and they feel uncomfortable, that's not really going to... Um, um, create a positive atmosphere at the table. So I caution you with those, the things that they bring home from school. Sometimes it's great. And sometimes just put them aside because it's not necessarily what, what your kids need. The Shabbos table has to be positive. And that means different things for different people. I always tell the story of a, of a Rashiv in Eretz Yisrael, who um, I'm not going to mention his name because I don't really have permission to do that on a podcast, but um, he used to, um, he used to um, uh, motivate, if you want to say, his kids at the Shabbos table by um, asking everyone to come up with the best joke they heard that week. And everyone got to tell their <laughs> joke at the Shabbos table and, um, and, and, and they got to vote on who had the best joke. So that's something that's exciting. Everyone the whole week is thinking, like, what joke I'm, am I going to tell at the Shabbos table this week? And is mine going to be the best? So for some families that would not work that would not have worked in my house growing up but but for some families it will work and and it's an exciting thing kids are looking forward to the Shabbos table so every family has to find their thing that that works that that excites kids about the Shabbos table it shouldn't be a place where kids are constantly criticized or you know that, that's not gonna they're not gonna want to be there um and really the the topics of conversation have to be appropriate for their age. So sometimes it's for four-year-olds and sometimes for eight-year-olds and sometimes it's for 12-year-olds. And as your kids get older, you'll continue to bring up the conversation. Um, and the other kids will follow the older kids. They'll sit there and they'll follow. And once in a while, your kids will go roll from the table and it's not the end of the world either. It's not. But as exciting as, as your Shabbos table is, the more they're, they're going to want to stay, the more they're involved, the more they're going to want to stay there. The more, you know, they have input, the more they're going to want to stay there. So I'm sorry, I kind of like right. jumped in there and and, and uh, said a lot of things, but um, it, it's Shabbos table is a place to to um, to bond. It's a bonding experience. Right. I remember also Abba used to um, put us on his lap and bounce us up and down as children, I think that the more Shabbos tables I've been, I've noticed um, that this is very unique, that putting a child on the lap and bouncing them up and down and letting them sing loudly and um, being part of the, the songs. Um, I know that we try to do that. Laps are, are available. Laps should be available at the table uh -oh. <laughs> for, for children to come plop themselves on parents laps because then also they, they don't drift away like they, they know that there's always a cozy a cozy spot for me absolutely know? absolutely it's so funny because I have such fond memories of that and I I, I can't I, I don't know my lap is just not available <laughs> it doesn't always work <laughs> but I love that idea serving, right <laughs> no also serving also just like space sometimes it could get a little bit much, but it could, that is one way that could, you could be a lot of, that has bonding and positivity for sure. I just thought of so many different also ideas from both what you're saying and what Ima's saying. Um, let me start with, first of all, Ima, the, the, the question, oh no, what you were saying at the end about um, um, speaking to 
to your family, like on their level. So I think that's a great point. And it made me think of something that we started doing with guests, without guests is like, it's less, you know, often you have at the table, you know, the father says a Devar Torah and it's more of like a speech style. Like I have something to share and something that you find is like, it's more like the, you know, the Devar Torah will start and everyone will kind of like turn off and either respectfully listen or, or just leave the table. But it could sometimes not be the most engaging way to share Torah as opposed to whoever is, you know, leading the meal, the, the father, you know, to come up with a question like that triggers the conversation and it brings you, it, it brings everyone to share more than, um, than just to listen. Cause it's, it's, it's more interactive. So I don't know. I'm just thinking this past week, for example, we were talking about, instead of sharing a Devar Torah, we, we were talking about the Shvatim, the Brachos of the Shvatim, and that they were each compared to an animal. And we were just talking about each of the animals. Like, what do we know about a donkey? And, we, and then the kids were like, it was very interesting to them because like they knew things about some animals, didn't know things about other animals, but it was like a fun conversation and it was all around the Parsha. But, so that's the, something where like, you know, the Divrei Torah sometimes we, we don't find to be like always successful because it's just the person has something to share, but it's not, it's not necessarily con- like conducive to learning at the meal, you know? Do you hear, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's not always age appropriate. You have to do something for those younger kids that's that's more age appropriate until you have a significant number of older kids at the table that can carry the conversation. And like I said, the younger kids learn to be part of things, sometimes right. in a quiet way, sometimes in a, in a, you just, you know, adding in something that, that, that makes sense to them and, and they feel, they feel so that they feel part of things. Right. Um, I, I just also want to add one other thing, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, sometimes we also have to learn to look the other way. I had a laugh a few weeks ago. We had a guest and she said to me while we were washing, she said, I never saw someone so intense when, when her husband was making kiddish, you're so intense, your eyes are closed and you're so, you focus so much on what he's saying. So I started laughing and she said, why are you laughing? I said, you have to know the, the history of that. I said, I closed my eyes during kiddish because I could not stand to watch what my kids were doing while my husband was making kiddish. And if I closed my eyes. People have adapted to have, have started doing that. I totally do know. that. I totally do I that. I only know how many people do that because of you. <laughs> I said, you know, I just needed to get in the habit of just focusing on the kiddish and not focusing on what they were doing or not doing. She thought that was very funny, but it's true. It just, you know, you can't, you can't see everything. You can't, you, you, you comment on them, try motioning to them during kiddish. The only thing they're learning is that you don't have to pay attention during kiddish. So I, I think it works. You pay attention during kiddish. They learn to pay attention. Eventually when they grow up, they pay attention. So you have to Okay. Also, I just want to add that it's too bad you can't close your ears. Also, yeah. <laughs> I need to close my ears. ears. <laughs> your ears. Your eyes. Well, you do what you can. Is if you're really eyes closed and you fo- you're focusing, you you're you know focusing so much on that kiddish, so you don't hear as much either. That's the truth of the matter. It's also it's mostly. Oh, Toby. By the way, we're in the middle of talking about we're talking about Ema closing her eyes during kiddish. 
And the, and remember when you were a little girl and you were copying her and then Abba started laughing during Kiddush and that was the only time Ima ever opened her eyes during Kiddush to, <laughs> to find out why Abba was laughing because so you were you imitating her. To be like chutzpahdik or you were just doing it because you thought it was funny? I thought it was hilarious. I had no clue why I was doing it. I just thought it was the funniest thing. Like, why in the world would Ima close her eyes? Like, Please, Kiddush is the funniest time. Everyone open your eyes. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I just totally thought it was funny. I don't think I like thought anything more than that. I totally try it, but I'm still I'm still in training. I try to get as far as I could, but the problem is is that the kids, they have these bar stools and then they stand on top of them holding their glass cups like this with their grape juice in it and I'm, my stomach is oh, so gosh. tense and I'm like no 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 and then I just say okay close your eyes the worst thing is a broken glass and grape juice spill close your eyes grape juice in it. and I'm telling myself the whole time my eyes are closed and I'm so calm and then like at some point it's oh it it stops like I have to open them and I have to do something but it, it's like a work in, I'm a work in progress <laughs> I almost made it to the end I don't think I ever made it once till the end we talked a little bit about how to engage our kids in the conversations, and we talked about um, how to make it, how to make the Shabbos meal about positivity and connection. And now I'm thinking about something that I always went back and forth with a little bit, which is um, when when people have little kids. I'm talking like toddlers, babies, you know, let's say up until age five, six, um, preschool kids, and they keep them up at late Shabbos meals and, and, and sometimes they're tired and kvetchy, you know, and they say, my kids have to experience Shabbos. It's very important that they experience Shabbos. And I'd like, when you see it objectively, they're very tired and kvetchy. And then, oh, no. and then the next day they're tired and kvetchy. And it, it just seems like it's, it seems funny to me because I feel like there's a time and a place for them to experience Shabbos and maybe not yet, not yet. Like now they should experience their bed at the right time. And then they, when they're, you know, old enough to appreciate, understand, um, then, then it will be, they'll come a time. They'll come a time basically. What do you think, Toby? I'm right next to my dryer. My dryer is like really, really loud. So I just wanted to move away before I unmute it. Okay. Um, what do you think? What do I think about that? Like you said, like you said, there's totally like a time and place. And a lot of times you have to like, remember that, like, who am I doing it for? Am I doing it for me? Or am I doing it for them? Mm. Most of the time the answer is I'm doing it for me. And then you're like, oh, that's silly. You're your mother's or daughter. That's okay. causing him stress. Or that's okay. If you're doing it for you. Yeah, it's okay, but it's silly. I'm just going to jump in here. And that is a very, very important tool in child rearing. And um, I I think Toby has a very, very valid point. We do have to ask ourselves why we're doing it. And Sarah also has a valid point that sometimes the answer to that question is going to be, ultimately, I'm doing it for myself, but that affects my children as well. And if it's going to affect them to a point where um, I should be doing it for myself, then I should do it for myself and put them to sleep or whatever it is that I'm doing for myself. So it, it's not, you know, we don't live in a black and white world. It's a very important question to answer. 
And sometimes the, the next question has to be, okay, now that I'm doing it for myself, is it, is, is that so important that I should continue to do it for myself or should I, you know, think about doing what's best for them and I be able to handle it. So um, I think this is a definitely um, a very important parenting tool. And I, I think it's just um, a, my, a mindset also that sometimes we have to understand, you know, be honest with ourselves and understand why we're doing what we're doing and accepting that sometimes we're doing it for ourselves and that's okay. Um, but the question itself is a very, very important and valid one. And I appreciate Toby that you brought it in. Thank you. Yeah. Great point. Great point. Okay. So let's wrap up. Um, but my question is when is it cool? When is it cool to do it for yourself? And like, yes. Okay. Yes. You can, you can acknowledge that it's for yourself and be okay with it. But when is it actually okay? So that's um, a different conversation. And I think Adol, hmm. let's, let's, let's bring that up maybe next time or the time after. I think Part it's a two. very, very important conversation. Part two. Conversation about when it's really okay to um, say I'm doing it for myself and that's okay. We, we do Meaning that to line. say like for right. sure acknowledge that it's for yourself and then like be okay with it. Like, yes, this is okay that it's for myself. But then, then there's like the side of like, okay, yes, this is for myself, but how okay with is this? I think with this whole thing is sometimes just to be normal is so important. Like you don't have to have a rule. I keep my kids up. I don't keep my kids up. Like whatever, it just be normal. Your kids are able to be up and you think it'll be cute and you'll give them attention at the time. And they're so little. So include them in you and your husband. If it's the time when you and your husband need to have downtime or enjoy each other's company and it needs to be like a romantic Friday night. So then it's a romantic Friday night. But like, why does it have to be like, I don't keep my kids. I do keep, like Emo was saying, black and white, you know? I totally agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, so that's also, that goes in a lot of categories, not even just to Shabbos meal. Anyways, just to wrap up the Shabbos meal just for today, because we are running low on time. Um, I would say just a final thought is kids are generally mirror your feelings. And if you are having a great time at your Shabbos meal, and if you're, you look forward to your Shabbos meal and you're happy and excited to prepare for it and to, and you don't um, um, complain or um, lament about it and you're sitting at the meal and you're singing and you're super um, and you're happy to, you know, be there, then that's just usually gonna, it's, it's just gonna pass on. It's, it's, it has to, it, 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 you just see it. You just see it like that. When I, I, I notice when, when I'm more tense, if like, let's say the baby's being more demanding and I'm more tense, then it's just, it's just not as fun and the environment's not fun for everyone. But usually if you're having a great time, they're going to have a great time. But I love all the ideas. <laughs>